Welcome to Brawny Conversations. I am Patrick Braun, your host. This podcast will provide our listeners with informative and entertaining discussions held with experienced people covering a wide range of topics. If you want to shorten your learning curve or just learn more about one of our topics, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy our discussion. We now resume our conversation with Nathan Powell as he begins his career with Tesla in California. You know, it was, we were so happy. It was, it was great. We ended up getting married out there uh, about a year and a half later. And um, we had, we had the best time. Um, But as far as career goes, I I just got straight to work when we got there. Um, One of the, like really one of the best things that happened with that career in general and that role was when I got there, I immediately was able to get a mentor. And um, it was the powertrain engineering lead. Her name is Grace Overlander. Um, She was just exceptionally brilliant. She's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, She's got her undergrad at Michigan and then got a dual master's at MIT in engineering and MBA. And it, it was, she was just head and shoulders smarter than everybody else. And I somehow made a good impression on her. I, I, I still don't know what I did. I, I guess it was, you know, I, we had a really, really good connection and she was um, always there to kind of help me out with things. But, but, but more or less, it was so important. I learned to find somebody that you can really um, be honest with and be vulnerable with. Um, it's, it's not something that I think is taught necessarily in school or outside of maybe conversations you have with people who learned it um, later on their own or somehow. Uh, but it was so valuable to me to be able to talk to somebody and just say, um, hey, this is what I want to do. And she used to always say to me, okay, well, why do you want to do that? So let me, let me break that down into kind of a more concrete example. So if I said like, I want to lead this project where we're going to redesign how the batteries are put together. Uh, just for context, I worked in the powertrain department. They put together the batteries, they assemble the motors before they go onto the chassis of the car. Um, it's kind of unique for Tesla because they're one of the, at that time, one of the only electric car makers. And so she would, she'd say, okay, why do you want to do this? And, um, you know, I'd say because I want to get recognition for it or because I want to, um, be the one that everybody looks to when there's the next harder problem, or, um, I just want to make a name for myself. And she's like, yeah, that's a lot of that's well and good. And and I get that, but okay. So I understand why you want to do it now. Um, how are we, how are we going to leverage all of that? Why into the solution? And, um, you know, it, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a crazy thing to hear at first. Cause you're just like, I, I just want to do it. Like it's, it's my job. And, but what she was getting at was, was this sense of purpose and this sense of, um, it was the sense of purpose for why we get up and do the things we do as problem solvers or engineers or employees or whatever. Uh, she gave me this book called, um, start with why if you have, have you read it, it's a Simon Sneck book. He does like motivational speaking. I have stuff. not, I have not, but I'll add it to the list. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's basically dissects why you would want 
you know, you take a problem. Okay, you're doing this. Why do you want to do it? That's always the first place to start. And so, um, just in a super long winded way, it was so important for me to have a mentor in all of this stuff. And and she was fantastic. And uh, she's like a CEO for a rocket company now or something. It's it you know she's just wow. born to fly. But it's um it was. It was such an asset for me that I realized how important it was for me to try to pay that forward as soon as I had the ability to even try to fill her shoes or try to fill any good mentors. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great counsel. I mean, for you to to run into her in your career trajectory and get that counsel and that advice and that wisdom at such a young age uh, had to be a contributing factor to propelling you. And that's where we're getting to this next step is there was a, a project that came up right out of a staff meeting and uh, you're there at Tesla. So don't, let's go into that story and let's hear about uh, exactly this pivotal moment in your career, right? You're, you're there, you're doing a job and there's an unmet need. You've learned the, the, the importance of why. And, yeah. uh, you know, tell us about that and what, I mean, this, that's really the pivotal moment in your career as I, as I see it. Yeah. Is the, there was, so we had a, we had a weekly staff meeting and it was a one where every kind of subgroup within the group would share their metrics. So I was tasked with going and getting just some, some kind of what sounded like pretty generic metrics. So I go to the, the data systems manager for my, my sub team. And I say, Hey, um, I have this meeting coming up in three days. Can you help me get all this data together? Cause I need to put it in an Excel graph or whatever and present on it. I don't, I'm only going to present for, you know, about 15 seconds. So it's, it's not that, not that much. And he goes, Oh no, it's a lot. Um, and I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, well, we don't really have any sort of central system that can report a seemingly simple question. Um, because nobody's built it. Nobody, nobody has the time to build it. We don't have the the knowledge or the skill to do it. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, so the way that we end up doing it is we go and we ask everybody for their information and then we aggregate all that together. But he's like, you're going to have to talk to this person and that person and the next person. And I was like, okay. So I ended up doing what he said. I went and talked to a couple people, um, sent about a dozen emails, uh, and made this just super beefy Excel file. Um, and I, I had these metrics and, and like I said, the, the kind of the, the cruel irony in all of this is that I only got about 15 seconds to present in my meeting, but I must have spent two working days, if not more assembling all of this. And it just, it seemed so inefficient. Um, and I knew there had to be and a better it was. way. It was clearly it was right. And this information oh, is super important, right? Very powerful decisions are made from it, right? But nobody could get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was truly okay. Are, are all the steps we're taking? Have they made any sort of impact? And if I have to spend two days a week, just assembling the results that when do I have time to, you know, I could be 40% more efficient if I had those two days back to actually be doing the work rather than trying to constantly so, check so the Nathan, work. So got this big problem. What did you do to solve the problem? So I definitely asked around. I just talked to more people and I talked to, to Grace about it. And, and, you know, she said, this is 
maybe a direction you should look. And, and she pointed me towards uh, databases, data visualization, kind of general data engineering, uh, coding, data pipelining, all these sorts of, they kind of use them as buzzwords these days. And, 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 and maybe they are a little bit, but um, I had some experience with it from A&M. Uh, engineering, you do a bit of coding, no matter what discipline you do, uh, just to get you in kind of a logical thinking mindset. But um, I really had all of the tools at my disposal. This is a small plug for YouTube. I think you can almost learn anything you want on YouTube if you have the ability to sit down and really, really give it your all. Um, It's it's an amazing platform. But um, so I I jumped in and I was able to kind of teach myself all of these different skills. Um, After about a month, um, I had built this product. Uh, It was a real-time dashboard that was synced up with the reporting databases. Um, And that's just a really fancy way of saying it showed the numbers correctly on a computer screen. And um, it cut my preparation time down to to zero. Um, And I went and showed this to that manager that I initially tried to recruit for help. And he said to me, first, where'd you get this? I said, I made it. And he said something like, is it accurate? I said, yeah, it's, it's real time. It updates, you know, whenever you push the button to load it. And then he finally said something like, you know, I've been asking it to put something together like this for me for about six months. And within the next month I was reporting directly to that data systems manager working full time as a, as a data engineer for him. And so, um, it was, it was great. It was something that basically, you know, I, I say this, I would say this to people that I mentored at Tesla after, um, you know, I, I gained this kind of more senior status and I would say to everybody, we try to find the problem and then we try to sell the solution. And that is something that is not necessarily, you don't per se sell it when you're just developing things inside the company, but you you sell your usefulness, you sell why they should keep you around as an employee. And so if we can constantly find the pain points of kind of where people either don't have the skill or the time to find the solution, then you're going to be a huge asset to the team or to the marketplace or to really anywhere that um, anywhere that needs problems to be solved. Um, it's uh, I, again, it, it just keeps going back to the idea that I, that I said earlier of like, everybody has these problems and the more you realize that they are common to everybody, the easier it is to find them and ultimately solve them for, for people. Um, employers love it. Um, if you run your own business, customers love it. It's, it's something that you can monetize super easily or just keep your job or provide value. So um, yeah, I ultimately, I, uh, I, I love the story and you know, when you, when you break this story down, you've got this rigor, this discipline of this engineering background, and then you get out into the workforce and you start to make relationships and understand the importance of that. Um, uh, you, you ultimately get a job because of one of those relationships and, uh, you know, you get this mentor at this new job with this, you know, high tech automobile company called Tesla and you've 
are there doing the job and and all of a sudden you get involved in this project and you take it on and uh, instead of spending days pulling information together you create this tool that ultimately automates the information makes it real time right you automate it and uh, that gives you now trajectory within Tesla and your career pro- progresses and you know how many years did you work there I worked there for four. Okay, so four years, and and literally those four years, and we won't get into details, but they changed your life uh, trajectory financially. Um, obviously, during oh, that immensely. time, Tesla's, Tesla's stock, you know, grew, you know, doubled, tripled, quadrupled, did these amazing things, and it was all these things we've been talking about that our listeners need to be aware of because it's possible for anybody to do that. There are companies with those growth trajectories right now that that we might not know the names of, but they're out there and and they're going to happen at some point in time, right? That next Tesla is out there. And, but it's a matter of having the background, the skills, the, the, the knowledge and the willingness to do that. Why? um, And be different, right? As you said, find the problem, sell the solution. I love that. So, Let's, uh, you know, let's talk about, I mean, you, you, so you left Tesla after four years and you ended up now you're a financial advisor, as you mentioned, for Stability Partners. Um, how did this come to be? And ultimately, what are your career plans for the future? Yeah, so it, it, it kind of, it seems like another left turn, but it wasn't just some sort of random job picked out of a hat. My, my parents have operated and run the firm since 2010. It's, it's been something that they both did independently before, um, they decided to open a business together and, you know, they kind of decided that they had the, the, the guts to go out and start their own business. So I'm super, I'm just fortunate that that, that they kind of, um, blazed the trail, um, for, for me. And, um, so they, they've been doing this for over, 12 years as this specific company, but combined over 50 total. Uh, so they're just wealths of, of knowledge and, and experience on, on all things, uh, financial advice. Um, they approached me shortly after my wedding, actually out in California, we all went to, we all went to dinner and they sat down and said, you know, we really think that you would be good at this. We think that it's something that you, um, could help us out with and ultimately run whenever they decide to retire. I, I don't think that's going to be anytime soon, but it's, um, it's something that is definitely on the horizon eventually for them. They, they always joke. We, we help people retire for a living, but they have no desire to retire at all because they like what they do so much. And it was, it was presented to me in a way that's like, Hey, this is, you know, and I had seen it, whether it be, over the dinner table or just through conversations with them about how much they enjoyed their job. Um, that's not to say the Tesla wasn't enjoyable. It, it was, it was the thrill of a lifetime. It was, I worked with some of the most interesting people I have ever met. Some of the people who had ideas that were, you know, just next level and disruptive to the current industries. You know, I got to meet Elon a few times. That's, you know, it still doesn't seem real. Um, but we could probably do a whole other podcast on that. I'm sure. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a funny story on that one, but I'll save it for the next time I'm on your show. Uh, Okay. But I I want to hear that. (laughs) But the, um, 
you know, it, it, it did wear on you being there. It was, it was something they demanded a level of work that was, that was not something that most people decided to put up with forever. And, and, and that's not, you know, it's a gr- fantastic company. I love their products. It was a great place to work, ex- exceptional work environment. Um, it was just something that I knew eventually I could only sprint for so long. And then I had to, I had to take a break. And so, um, like you said, it was, it was a financial, um, boon for me. It was, it was something that was so, excellent to me and my family. And, um, in 2021, uh, when I decided to leave, it, it was a hard decision, but it was, I think ultimately it was the right one. And, uh, my parents' business was growing so fast. Um, they couldn't just do it, just the two of them. Um, and they really did need me to come in and start helping them with organization and with meeting with clients and, and all of that. But they were super cool about me staying with, with Tesla, but it was definitely a risk kind of leaving, leaving the mothership and, and deciding to, to go in a different direction. It was, um, it was definitely, uh, something that, you know, it's, I lost my health insurance, right? Cause if you work for yourself, you don't have any sort of, uh, company sponsored plan. I had to wake up and you, you eat what, um, what you earn. It's not, it's not the same sort of every other Friday you get a paycheck thing. So it, it's a big risk, but you know, I, th- I'm, this, this definitely isn't original to me, but people always say, if you're going to bet on anybody, bet on yourself. So I, yep. I did. Yep. Well, it's a theme. It's a theme as well, Nathan, you, you've taken risks. I mean, the risk to move to California and work for Tesla, right. And the yep. risk to move to stability partners. Um, and I've seen you in this role with stability partners and it, you're passionate about it. And, uh, you know, you, you really are an expert and it's, it's fun to watch that evolution. So, um, it's perfect. Tell us a little bit about, about what you do in the role and, um, you know, maybe how you've leveraged some other skills, uh, from your past in the role. Sure. Yeah. So, um, simply put, I'm a financial advisor, uh, in this role. I, um, a financial advisor is kind of a broad term. It's really, um, anybody who's qualified or licensed to give you advice about money and they either charge you a fee or they get a commission for any sort of business you do with them. Um, that's still pretty broad. Um, there, for example, insurance agents are considered financial advisors, but without additional licenses, uh, they can only sell insurance products and they receive a commission if they do so. Kind of like you mentioned at the top of the show, I, I am an insurance agent, but um, I'm not an insurance only agent. So the next type of financial advisor is your registered rep. Um, these are also called stockbrokers. Um, in the worst light, you can think of them like Wolf of Wall Street, but that's definitely not all of them. And all those guys lost their licenses. So that's just the kind of the bad stereotype. But these are the guys you would call if you say, hey, I want to buy 100 shares of Apple. Um, they'd make the trade for you. And they'd possibly even give you investment recommendation. That's kind of how they become a financial advisor. Or they get looped under that category. Um, they get a commission for every trade that they make. Um, but they don't really care what happens to your position. So if you buy a bunch of Apple and then it drops $10 a share, it doesn't affect them at all. They've just got money for the sale. Um, the good ones want to give you good advice because you'll be a repeat customer um, and hopefully trade with them a lot. But 
you know, it, it's not required. They're not held to that standard. Um, I am not a broker. I don't have those licenses and, and I don't ever really plan to. So, um, they definitely have a place in this world. It's just not the place that necessarily I, I want to be at this moment in time. Um, mm-hmm. and then finally, um, there's the, the full type of advisor that I am, which is called an investment advisor representative. Um, they, all investment advisor representatives work with an RIA firm or a registered investment advisory firm. Um, I think they made this all kind of word soup to confuse people, but um, really what that means is that I'm a fiduciary. So I have to um, invest people's money into their best interest uh, at all times. I can't ever um, pick some, an option that would pay me more and cost them uh, more because that's not acting in their best interest. But also I, I make money based on the amount of money that I manage. So uh, for example, if your account goes up 10%, then I get a 10% raise. So that's, I, it's in my best interest that your account goes up. If your account goes down, well, then I don't make as much money and you're probably looking for a new advisor. So it's, it's in everybody's best interest that way. And, and personally, so you're paid in direct, you're paid in direct proportion to the results your clients experience. Exactly. Yep. So it, I think it's the best way to do financial advising, honestly, because it allows you to directly um, feel what the client's feeling. You know, there's there's no sort of, hey, sorry, better luck next time sort of thing like a perhaps an insurance agent or a stockbroker could feel. It's 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 the easiest and most honest way to tell somebody like, hey, you know, your portfolio's up and we're all happy or, hey, times are hard. And believe me, I, I wanted to turn around just as bad as you do. So um, it's it's been great so far, honestly. Um, I've gotten to work with people from 18 years old to 96 years old. So I have and everybody all ages in between. Um, and it's, it's a growth industry for sure. Um, there's a huge need for financial advisors, uh, out there the, as the populations grow and as people begin to, to acquire and build more wealth, um, you need somebody out there who can really give you solid advice. So it's, a it, it's a good industry to be a part of. It kind of goes back to that. You know, there is a large problem out there to be solved and, and I'm, I'm here to, to help you with the solution and, you know, hopefully make a dollar for myself and a dollar for you too, since we're, we're tied to each other in that, in that aspect. Yeah. Makes, makes ton of sense. And, uh, it definitely is a growth market and, you know, particularly as, you know, one of the things I always encourage is young people to get involved and invest early, early, early start in your teens. Don't wait till you're 30. Um, the compounding value of money, uh, just put someone that further, much further ahead of their investing life if they can start early. And, um, you know, totally that's agree. obviously my number one, number one advice to all the young people I meet and talk with is, are you investing yet? And if not start doing it now, even if it's just five bucks, every dollar matters when you start compounding it over time. Um, I'd like to, to just kind of talk a little about the, the range of clients that you work with. I mean, you work with, you know, young people, as young as teenagers and all the way up to, you know, I think you told me, I mean, I, I was thinking 65, 75, but I think you even work with somebody that, that is 97. So that's a pretty broad spectrum. So give, give me some insights into, 
you know, uh, the people you work with and then, and some advice to the person that maybe doesn't know how to, right. They could be 18. They could be 20. They could be 40. They could be 50 and they've never really invested. They've put the money under their mattress or kept it in their bank. Right. How, what advice would you give them? How would the, how should they get started? Right. Is it ever too late to get started? No, I, I don't think it's ever too late to get started. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that we all understand that, power of compound interest, you know, you can put in money at a young age and just kind of forget about it and wake up one day and have a lot more of it than, than, than you, than you realized, you know, I I can't ever guarantee to anybody that the market will go up, but if you just look at history, it's, um, somebody who invested in, I don't know, 1990 and now is still holding on to that same amount of money. It's, it's, likely grown considerably. So, um, really I'll start with just to answer your questions in a couple parts, like people who are real young, it's obviously very difficult at 18 to find or have a job that pays you enough that you can still have a ton left over to invest afterwards, but that's okay. That's, that's not really um, expected of you at that age, but it, it's more about building the muscle memory of saying, okay, I have this money I need to live off of. And then I have the extra, I could go buy a brand new car and have that 300 extra a month, go to the car payment, or I could invest it and learn to become a lifelong investor um, of that money. And, um, and the dividends will show once you, you know, as a lifelong investor, 18 year olds eventually either go to college or, or become employed. Um, hopefully if they are working for a, a, a bigger company and they're contributing to their 401k plans, um, the, you know, the, there are so many good books out there on why it's important to max out things like 401ks. If, even if you don't want to interface with a financial advisor, um, there's so, there's so much knowledge on the internet that can tell you about all of that. But, uh, but also if, you know, anybody is here in the Houston or Texas area, I'd be happy to, to, to talk with you about it in over the phone or in person as well. Um, for more for our, our, um, people who are in this area, it's, it's really, it's really easy to get started on, on kind of your financial journey. Um, it typically, just to give you a scenario, like typically I invite people into the office and we sit down and we, we kind of figure out um, who they are as people, you know, but before even we understand what sort of um, assets they have or what their um, or what their retirement income needs to look like, we really just try to understand them as, as a person. And so I'll, I'll ask them things like, you know, what are you, what are you interested in? Like what sort of hobbies, like, like if I sat down with you, I'd say, so Patrick, what do you, what do you like to do on your weeknights and weekends? And you'd say, I like to run. I like to golf. I like to, um, make cool podcasts. And I'd say, that's really interesting. And I love to, and I love to watch movies <laughs> and watch movies. Yeah, exactly. So that gives me such a good idea about the kind of the lifestyle you lead and, 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 you know, maybe what retirement or your eventual, um, goals might be, or even what your current goals are. Um, so that, that's step one is really just getting to know who the person across the table is. Um, 
And then we get into kind of the more um, nerdy, technical, quantitative stuff. Yeah, um, yeah we, absolutely. But, no, it makes sense. You got to you got to put a plan together. And I'm, what I'm hearing from you is everything is very personalized and very in, individual. Um, right, set up to, on, on the current situation. You're trying to achieve goals down the road, and I know you've got a great process to do that. Um, how would how would if someone's in that point, right? Whether they're 18 or whether they're 40. Or or 20 or 60 or 80, if they have an interest and need more information and just want to, you know, get a perspective that's different, what's the best way to reach you and connect with you to get that information across? Yeah. Uh, feel free to visit my website at stabilitypartners.com. Um, there's an about us section and, a, and a contact section there. Uh, or you can just email me directly at Nathan and a T H A N at stability partners.com. Um, I'd be happy to sit down, talk to you about anything. Uh, all of these services that we provide are complimentary. Um, I'll go as far as making you a full retirement plan with your, with your income mapped out year over year. Um, I, it's something that people need. And hopefully if I put together a really good plan for you, you'll say, that sounds good to me. Let's, let's make it work and then we'll implement it. Um, truth be told, that's where I make the money is implementing these plans I put together. But, um, I kind of view it like going to the doctor. Um, even if you're already with a financial advisor or you have your 401k managed by your company or you sell, have a self-directed IRA. Um, it's always good to have a second opinion on things. Uh, when we have people come in, the first thing we do is we run all of their current holdings and all their current portfolios um, through a rating system. Um, I, I compare this to like going to the doctor and them drawing some blood and doing a, a full panel on your blood. Um, it's objective. It's completely uh, numbers based like a, like blood work is. Um, it just tells you the facts. And so you can best case you're on a great portfolio. Everything is set. Um, times are good. And, um, maybe you're just looking for a new personality to work with. Um, so that, that, that's, that's best case. Se second best case is there's something wrong and our analysis of your portfolio finds that, um, when there's something wrong and somebody catches it, that's, a, that's actually a good thing because then we can do something about it. You know, if, if I have a 45 year old that comes in and says, um, I'm really aggressive. I, I really want to grow my nest egg between now and 65 when I want to retire and I run an analysis and they're in hundred percent bonds. I would say, Hey, um, I, you're telling me over here you, that you, you know, you need a hundred thousand dollars a year in today's money by retirement, but we're in this asset that will maybe grow low single digits over, over the course of the next 20 years on, you know, on average, um, this is not a sound plan. I, you know, I don't, I don't know why we're, why we're here. And so that's, you know, that's the, like I said, that's the second best thing to hear is that, Hey, we have a problem, but we have time to fix it. So, um, it's a completely complimentary service that I offer. Um, so yeah, hit me up, email Nathan at stabilitypartners.com or my website, stabilitypartners.com. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I hope some of our listeners take advantage of it because you are a very, very intelligent band and you're a pro. Uh, and I can't think of, you know, a better person to have invest 
money for you as someone who truthfully is interested in making you money so you can earn money as well. But, but Nathan, let's, you know, you've been very successful in your career and, and, you know, you're in a very good position. So I believe because of that circumstances in your life, you truly have your client's interests at heart and, and at the fore, forefront of your objectives. Um, because, you know, additional money is great, but, uh, and you are money motivated, but it's not the sole reason why you're doing this. And, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a great thing. So I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed your story. And, uh, what I'd like to do now is, is, you know, I mean, you're not that far removed from 18, but I like to ask all my guests, if you go back to 18, go back to your 18 year old self, what advice would you give to yourself? I would put more money into Tesla. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish you would have told me that when you were 18 as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I have a lot of people tell me that, that, Hey man, why didn't, why didn't you, why didn't you tell us? I was like, you know, Hey, I was, I was just, keeping my head down, working hard. And, you know, it was, um, it was, you know, of course we all go back and put it in Apple or, or whatever, but, but like you said, and I, I so appreciate you saying that, uh, I'm not, you know, money is great, but it, it's not everything. It's, um, you know, my whole life as an engineer, I've just felt like, um, or my, I guess on my adult life, once I figured out I wanted to be an engineer, I felt like building things that have, a purpose and have value and are a blessing for somebody else is way, it's like the most satisfying thing on earth. Um, and I think that I would, I'd probably, if I could tell myself that at 18, I would, I would say do things for the enjoyment of, of how it makes you feel and how it makes other people feel. Um, kind of back to the story of Tesla. Like I built this thing that, that more people than I even knew used. I had tens of thousands of people using my reports by the time I left. And it was such a good feeling to know that I was making a positive impact and that I wasn't, that these people weren't having to go and spend the days and days that like I did of putting these reports together. And yeah, um, it's incredible. It's absolutely yeah. incredible what, what you did there. And I think that, I think that if I could tell myself that at 18, that like, do work that people value and that people go, thank you for doing this. And that's what motivates me with, with being a financial advisor is there's so many people that go, man, we had just, we had no idea how we were going to retire or like what we were going to do. And and now we, you gave us a plan and we are set. We are, you know, we're, it's kind of like what I said earlier, you want to take some risk. And as a financial advisor, like investing people's money can be slightly risky. I mean, we don't ever do anything like crypto or crazy stuff like that, but there's an element of risk to it. But we also make sure that we protect what people have earned. And that's the biggest part of taking calculated risks is you don't bet the house on every spin of the wheel. You just, you bet what you feel good about. And investing is not betting. I, I don't mean to make that comparison, but it's, it, is really when you take the risk, you do it in a smart way. And, and, and that would be something I'd tell myself at 18 as well. Uh, maybe just one other thing. I would remind myself sure. that it, the paths that we go down in life are sometimes they feel like dead ends. Sometimes you, you're like, man, why did I study nuclear engineering now that it's not favorable with the country anymore? Um, 
and, and, you know, you, sometimes you feel stuck, but it's very common. Your problems are typically not unique to just you talk to a mentor about it, talk to a trusted, just other person about it. And, and maybe they'll give you a, a level of insight on it. You just, you wouldn't have been able to arrive at by yourself. And, and I think that you will always find a new path to go down and, and just stay hungry. Yeah, Nathan, that's great advice. And, you know, the, the, the one string I'd add to that is that when you're getting and acquiring technical skills through a degree, and that could be in anything, finance, accounting, engineering, right, writing, right? So a liberal arts degree, those are all technical skills. And those translate into solving problems that exist in the world. And that's all you did is you may not be using your engineering degree today, but you're solving people's financial problems and, and helping them get a path, right? Just like you did at Tesla, solving that data problem and creating real-time reports. So that's the critical that's the critical step is is you know building those skills, whatever they are, and then translating them to solve problems in the world that you're passionate about and uh, and good things will happen. So I love it. Great insight, great discussion. And I think there's a lot to learn from, from how you've progressed in your career. And it's going to be fun to watch you go in the next uh, over the next 20, 30 years. So I appreciate we're that. We're going to transition now. Oh, absolutely, man. It's been awesome. So I'm going to uh, transition now into our rapid fire brains and brawn segment. I'm going to ask you five quick questions. And after each question, you're going to provide me with a quick answer. And here's up with number one. What is your favorite movie? American beauty. Ah, good choice. Okay. What's your greatest accomplishment? It might sound a little cheesy, but I really do value my relationship with my wife and my marriage. I, I think it's probably the thing I'm most proud of and happiest about. So I, I would say I would say my marriage and my, my relationship with my wife. Okay. That's a that's a beautiful answer. What is the goal that you are still chasing? Oh man, and you help me with this a lot, but becoming a scratch golfer. I'm kind of close. Some days closer than others, but I want to get I want to get down to that zero point zero handicap. You will, you will. You've got the physical talent. It's just now learning the other side of the game, right? That's between the between the ears. You'll you'll get there. If you could spend the day with anyone, past or present, who would that be? You know, just to stay on the golf theme, I, I think it would be. Rory McIlroy. I just, I think it would be so much fun to play around with him and, and kind of hear about all the, you know, he's not quiet on the tour. So it would be, it'd be really interesting. Yeah. And he'd be one of those, you know, rare guys that could still put it out there past you (laughs) 10 or 20 yards. (laughs) Oh yeah. That would, that would be so cool. It'd be fun. That'd be a good choice. Okay. Where is your favorite place to travel or visit? Again, maybe a little cheesy, but I just, I love going to Disney world. It, it's so much fun. My wife and I go there all the time. We went there on our honeymoon. It's uh, it's magical in every way. So very good. Very good. Well, Hey, Nathan, as we wrap up the conversation for today, any final thoughts for our audience? Man, I would just, I, first I want to thank you and just say that I just appreciate the time and, and, uh, I, Thank you for kind of talking through all of this with me. I want to make sure that everybody knows that, that 
you know, life is not a straight path and that, that we, we kind of make our own choices on, on all sorts of things, but it, it all typically works out in the end for, for everybody. So, um, just stick with what you're passionate about and, and you'll, you'll definitely find a fulfilling life. Great advice. What a great way to end it. Well, I want to thank you again for this memorable conversation. I appreciate your insights and I'm sure our listeners will as well. Um, if our listeners want to connect with you, I know we mentioned it earlier, but let's restate that. Please uh, provide um, your website and your email. So my website is stabilitypartners.com and you can reach me at Nathan at stabilitypartners.com. Easy enough. Very good, Nathan. Well, that's a wrap for today's Brawny Conversations podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Nathan Powell. And I also want to thank each of you for choosing to listen to this podcast. New episodes are posted each week. So please remember to follow us and let us help you shorten your learning curve. Have a great day, everyone. You have been listening to the Brawny Conversations podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend time with us today. And please subscribe to the podcast to receive our latest episodes and give us a follow on social media. New episodes are now in production and we can't wait to share them with you. Pursue your passions and help others along the way. Have a great day and thank you for listening.